The Midday Report. I'm Mandy Wiener. Keep listening as we round up the key stories affecting your world with interviews with newsmakers, in-depth analysis and eyewitness news reporters on the ground. The Midday Report. My experience, personally, is that it has largely been very, very quiet. Uh, I think that it is reminiscent of a, a public holiday or even a peak lockdown. That's what it feels like to me. Well, let's see what's happening on the ground. Let's firstly go to a reporter, Hamoto Mudise, who's in Soweto. The police minister, Becky Tele, was there today in Pumville, where Nkrantla Lux, who, of course, is... Uh, I think he describes himself as uh, uh, the Soweto Parliament leader. Khamoto, good afternoon to you. Thank you very much for your time today. Give us a sense of what the atmosphere is like where you are. Good afternoon, Mandy. So I love how you say uh, reminiscent of a public holiday because that's exactly what we're experiencing here in Soweto. Um, there have been a lot of people really just sitting under trees. It's almost like a Sunday also. Um, a lot of jogging on the roads. Um, you know, the public transport system is not disrupted. If anything, I'm seeing more public transport than commuters. Most people have not been going to work. We saw Riabaya buses that were um, nowhere near as packed as they usually are on a normal Monday. And so it's been very, very slow. And it seems that, um, you know, whatever's happening around Soweto, uh, roads have been leading, at least for journalists, to the house of Ngandalak, where he had claimed that his house was bombed. Um, we went there and we found uh, signs of some sort of an explosion, Mandy. And I'm really careful not to say bombing because the police minister, Bihikel, is also not saying bomb. He's speaking about uh, some sort of a commercial explosion. But when Bihikel arrived there, the residents there, some of the pensioners that live in the area, had a lot to say to him. Let's listen to what they had to say. What we experienced this morning, it was very, very, very scary. Ten past four. Are you on Hmm, so descriptive, Khobotso, uh, that uh, that description of what happened. Uh, and then Police Minister Becky Kele, the National Commissioner, were there as well, listening to that woman explaining what happened. What have they been saying about this? Well, they've also taken the time to comment about their entire shutdown and their experience. They've been moving from, um, you know, point to point around housing, wherever they do get a, a sense or a tip off of some activity. But the minister, you know, seems to think that there is no shutdown. Let's take a listen to what he had to say. Nothing happened here. Absolutely nothing happened. We just saw some few red, uh, red whatever, less than 100. That was in, 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 in Alex. But uh, even our police, we, we realized that uh, uh, they just uh, wasted their time by being here. Maybe they did a very good job. But uh, you, you can see everybody is going uh, to work. It's just the normal day. That's the police minister, Becky Kele, outside the house of Nkrantla Lux, Modise, reporting for us from Soweto. This thing of, of Nkrantla Lux and, and the house, I think, is a, a bit of a sideshow at the moment because there are a lot of people commenting on social media saying, oh, was it a petrol bomb? It doesn't look like it from the evidence. The glass went, uh, went in. It didn't go out. Um, so I think the, the police minister going there, I thought was quite surprising today. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Well, let's take you across Gauteng now to Tembisa, Tembisa Goba. 
EWN reporter is at the Winnie Mandela informal settlement where we have seen uh, sporadic incidents of violence. To be so good afternoon to you. I heard your news bullet, uh, news reports in the bulletin there about what is happening. Uh, give us a bit more detail about what the atmosphere is like. Good afternoon, Mandy. Well, I will tell you that, Mandy, uh, before we came here to, to Winnie Mandela informal settlement, we were at the at the taxi rank, at the Tambisa taxi rank, and it was pretty much quiet. Um, you know, we sort of came, um, we saw three police cars speeding across us, and we decided to follow them. And obviously they led us to, to this place here in, in Winnie uh, Madiba informal settlement. And, you know, it's, it's only the, the only place that we know so far that's sort of been shut down. The entire street has been shut down. Um, and I'm speaking to you right now. Um, there are at least 10 police cars, including one armored vehicle. You know, just a moment ago, um, police um, residents were, were burning tires. You know, there was a very well-lit fire. There are stop signs that have been uprooted. And there are cow skulls. You know, I'm not sure where they are, where they got them from. They, they are just lining across the street. But there's also stones. You know, um, this has been happening since uh, around midnight, from our understanding. So what has been happening is that the police have been coming here, dispersing the crowd, and then the crowd regroups and comes back. Um, the Kuruleni Metro Police spokesperson, Kelodosi uh, Letepa, explains just what has been happening in this area um, since midnight last night. How long has it started and um, yeah, what, what are you doing? Uh, okay, um, as the Kuleni Metro Police Department, we have deployed accordingly in terms of uh, the situation assessment where it has been noted that this crowd is becoming rather unruly, um, where you are seeing that this deployment is in conjunction with the South African Police Services and we're also ensuring the safety of one, those who are participating in this peaceful demonstration and two, to uh, all the residents of the city of Ekuleni and us again as law enforcement to say that, you know, we need to always keep safe. Uh, but over and above, this has, of course, uh, started in the early hours of the morning. We are talking 12 um, midnight where they started blockading roads with uh, burning tires and rocks. Uh, but then we were on the ground and ensuring that, you know, we clear as we go. Uh, as you had seen earlier that uh, after clearing, then they would just reconvene and again start afresh with their mishap. But then we as the EMPD are quite confident that we do have the situation under control. Thank you so much. That's the picture at the moment in the Winnie Mandela informal settlement around Tempisa. Thank you to Tempisa Goba, our reporter there. So let's take you from Gauteng to Cape Town now. Kevin Brunt, EWN reporter, has been in Belleville. He's been in Grassy Park. Kevin, good afternoon to you. Thanks for your time. Tell us where you've been and what you've seen. Very good afternoon to you, Mandy. I was very early this morning, just after four, arrived at the Belleville train station where I interacted with some commuters who were making their way to work and they indicated that they simply cannot take the day off as they have to go to work. They cannot participate in the shutdown. And they also shared their view with regard to the matter with me. I also got to speak to some of the city officials who indicated that there were bouts of protest action. For instance, just before nine o'clock, there were waste material burnt in Malibongwe Road that is close to the noon. There was also um, an incident in Fort Vecchio Road in Cryfontaine uh, where two Golden Arrow buses were stoned and they say windows were damaged there. So there were bouts of criminality um, throughout the metro, but these were incidents that the city officials could contain and immediately step in. There is a joint operation center being run 
uh, from Goodwood, the Disaster Management Centre, and that is where all the heads of department, various um, entities in particular with regards to specialised law enforcement entities are gathered. They look at all this huge CCTV screen, really with a bird's eye view of the city's highways. It was also raining earlier this morning, um, but that did not um, seem to deter some of these these protesters were taking to the street. At Bible Station, I spoke to the commuters and, and here's what they said with regards to the shutdown, Mandy. I don't think it's right because especially with the looting and the stuff now. Before Malema speak, there was low shedding. We struggled to come to work because we must stand in the dark, more special me. I'm staying in Yanga. It's very dangerous when it's dark. I don't see actually the reason why we must vote. I don't think it's right because everybody needs to make any need. Well, every day is the same. Every year is the same. There's no changes. Like the low shedding in that, there's no changes. Every year there's no changes. When it's low shedding, it's worse. But now there's no low shedding. There's no scholars. There's nothing. I support my lemma. I think that it's a crazy affair because look, the bosses sticks to one thing, there's no work, no pay. Those are the opinions of some of the commuters in Belleville today. Kevin, you also went to Grassy Park. What's the picture like there? That's correct, Mandy. The Community Policing Forum chairperson, Melvin Yonker, says that they've also been on foot patrol in the area since about 4 o'clock this morning. There's been no incidents of violence or any criminality picked up. They've now interacted with the police officials who've asked them or told them to stand down. They're on standby to just assess the situation going forward um, during the afternoon and into the early evening. Here's what he told me, Mandy. Mr. Yonker, thank you for speaking to Eyewitness News again. Can you just highlight what the CPF's role was in ensuring that the community is being kept safe now at the time of the shutdown? Yes, good afternoon and thank you. And um Good afternoon to you, to the listeners as well. Yes, the Grassy Park Community Police Forum, uh, with uh, uh, its partner, uh, the South African Police Services, um, we we met and we discussed the upcoming uh, shutdown and what effect it will have on the Grassy Park community, policing community, and we we came up with four hotspots, and a plan was put in place um, to mobilise our neighbourhood watchers our community in blue members and all safety structures in our area to assist our, our partner, the, community, the South African Police Services, in, in, in with the monitoring uh, of, of the process and, and so uh, keep our, um, the police, South African Police Services informed of any uh, incidents of violence and protests in our area. So that's our roving reporter, Kevin Brunt, who's been out in parts of Cape Town today. Uh, be our reporter as well. Let us know where you are. If you've seen any kind of disruption today, send us a WhatsApp voice note, 072 702 Let's take you to the capital city now where we are seeing a gathering. I've seen Mbuyeseni and Dlozi from the EFF has been addressing some supporters there. Our reporter, Alpha Ramoshwana, is in Pretoria. Alpha, good afternoon to you. Where are we starting to see EFF? If members gathering there. Good afternoon, Mandy. Well, the day um, in the capital city started off slow with, you know, a very small group of EFS members convening at the Vegas Park in Pretoria. And now the number has grown exponentially. I mean, the protesters uh, who are affiliated to the EFF are now filling the Vegas Park to capacity and are just singing songs of liberation here and have been doing so since the morning, Mandy, and are waiting for 
you know, uh, a, a directive from the national leadership of the political party. At the moment, like you said, Mandy, only Muise and Inclusi has come out to address the protesters who've been out in the sun, the whole sentiment uh, uh, that uh, they will be marching to the union building soon and they are just waiting for more protesters to arrive in this place. You know, uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, uh, they, they, they are going to be calling for the president to step down, as we know, Mandy. So at the moment, they are still picketing um, and singing songs of liberation here in, 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 uh, at the union building. But we did get to speak to, I mean, at the way, but we did get to speak to uh, the party spokesperson, Sinao Tambo, who says that he's very uh, uh, um, satisfied with the turnout of today's protest. He's saying that he's also concerned with the you know, the, the, the law enforcement agencies who've come out today but have never come out before ever uh, for any uh, issues of crime. But let's hear what uh, Sinao Tambo had to say. In, in the capital city is relatively calm. Um, I think it's going to pick up anytime soon. Look, uh, our people are out. We know in Atredgeville the protests have begun. We know that uh, the students uh, have been on the streets overnight here in the CBD. Uh, we've seen the activities happening in Johannesburg and Bramfontein, and thankfully the EFF released all of those students, which shows you that we're an organization committed to protecting peaceful protesters. And uh, we're there on the ground with our people. We're in touch with what's going on. And uh, we're going to ensure that uh, the national shutdown proceeds successfully, especially here in the capital city. What are, you, what are your plans today? Where will you be moving to from the church square? Everywhere and still. And uh, that has begun uh, across the townships, and we are going to see that activity proceed. We are here now mass mobilizing in the CBD, and uh, we are confident that uh, we are going to ensure that Ramaphosa resigns as the president of South Africa. Are there any places you are targeting specifically? Because we know that you did mention, the EFF did mention that it will be going to the union buildings later today. Look, there's no targets, uh, but the sites and locations where we are going to ensure that we are demonstrating uh, are going to be everywhere. Our people are the ones leading the protest on the ground. And uh, that is as much as we can say. We can't reveal the strategies that we're going to use going forward. But we are going to hold this government accountable. We're not afraid of the excessive police and military they've deployed, which reveals a waste of resources. Yet they have the capacity to fight crime, but they don't do so. They fight people who are peacefully protesting against Sir Ramaphosa. How controlled will it be here? We are hearing reports in Soweto of some people's houses being burned down. How controlled will it be in Pretoria? Everything is controlled. A person's house burning down is not part and parcel of the agenda and plan of the EFF. And we're not interested in that. We're interested in Ramaphosa's resignation. So now, Tambo, the EFF spokesperson speaking to Alpha Ramashwana, EWN reporter in Pretoria. We are starting to see a gathering uh, of people, uh, EFF members in Pretoria. So Alpha will keep us updated on that. Thanks very much for, for that report, Alpha. Interesting about the police response. I've seen a lot of commentary, people saying, look how the police can, can mobilize. Look at the extent of the capacity. They've got choppers in the sky. They've got people watching cameras everywhere. Why can't they do this every day? I'm not sure I buy into that argument. I think it's, it's, we don't have that kind of capacity um, or expertise to do it every day. But there is an argument. Why aren't we dealing with crime in a way that we've seen the show of force today? Let me know your thoughts on that. Right, let's take you to KwaZulu-Natal now because I've been watching uh, the various news channels. We've got all the monitors here, so I've been able to see what's happening. We are seeing some disruptions in Durban. They obviously showing that on ENCA at the moment. And Frank Lamabaso, KZN EWN reporter, is there for us. And Frank, good afternoon to you. Give us a picture of what's happening in KZN. Well, good afternoon, Mandy. We are currently in Peter Maritzburg. We are outside the EFS offices. When we were in the CBD, when a small group started moving towards the EFS offices, we then followed them. They are now here. 
camping outside the EFF office and started now to spread for life. But it records, you left Malema, did say to them that they should take place, eat, and then go back to the ground. But I must tell you, it was a relatively quiet morning in Peter Maretzka. People going about their businesses. When driving to, I mean, from Durban to Peter Maretzka, the M3 highway, which happens to be one of the busiest roads in KZN, uh, because it's connecting both the economic hubs, Maretzka and Durban. It was very clear. Less cars, less trucks. Well, this could have been due to the fact that some people have taken long weekends, but it was business as usual. Check if the operating businesses were open, but there has not been really a large crowd among the FPSS supporters. But the police in the province have now told members of the media that at least they've arrested around 10 protesters. This morning there was a situation where the NP in Umukanya with the Northern Cavalry was not people were burning things on the road. But the same issue happened in Moy River. Now, maybe you'd recall that Moy River is where the 2021 July unrest, the burning of infrastructure started, where they burned trucks. But let's take a listen to what the provincial commissioner Tatamifana had to say. Morning. Yeah, well, as I come in here, I cannot tell exactly the, the exact number that was arrested. I know of the two in Josini, uh, next to the area where, where the, the blockage was on N2. I know a couple of them in the south. Um, also, um, uh, for now that I know at the top of my head, it's about 10 protesters, but I'm not sure what has been the latest um, since you know, I think in the past two hours I've been engaged. So I never really got to check the stats. That's our reporter, Franklin Mabaso, who is in Peter Maritzburg near the EFF's uh, offices there, giving us a sense of what's happening in that province. Obviously, lots of concern around that because of the fact that the July 2021 unrest uh, rocked the province. So there were concerns around what the situation will be. Well, finally, now let's go to the Eastern Cape. Sipa Kema, EWN reporter, is reporting for us from the King Paolo International Airport. Sipa, good afternoon to you. Uh, give us a sense of what's happening there. Well, Mandy, we have uh, uh, moved uh, from King Palo International Airport because uh, we had noticed that there was a bigger gathering happening uh, inside the inner city, starting from Southernwood, coming down one of the busiest roads in East London, which, of course, is the center for all businesses, the CBT, uh, uh, where the EFS members have shut down Oxford Street, as they did last night. Of course, uh, this morning, it was rather quiet, and we had seen that, uh, some of the businesses were actually open for business. But now we've noticed that they've closed the doors as the protest uh, comes down uh, Oxford Street. Of course, we are expecting them to continue on to the Arsenal Street meeting uh, those EFS members that are coming from the airport. But also, SANDS and uh, staffs have actually uh, deployed some of its members at the entry point of the airport to conducting a stop and search there as well as, of course, inquiring the people coming inside, why are they coming into the airport? Uh, have they got a flight booking? Just to ensure uh, there is safety there coming inside uh, the airport. But for now, it is quiet on the streets. Uh, the protesters are coming down, marching through. But uh, we also spoke to EFF Jefferson in the province, Zilindi uh, Levena, and this is what he had to say. The shutdown is picking up in, in momentum. We know that uh, all major cities, they are closed. Uh, uh, we know for a fact, and probably yourselves, you have seen here in BCM, uh, the Oxford Street, which is a major of all businesses, has been closed. 
My thanks to Sipa Kemmer, who's in East London. She was at the airport there, uh, at the King Palo International Airport, and then moving on to Oxford Street as well, just to give a sense of what's happening. I, I wonder if maybe this has uh, started slowly. Things are very quiet, reminiscent of a public holiday, of, of peak lockdown as well. It could gain momentum, um, as Sipa was saying there. Uh, but who knows what's going to happen? It looks like it, it has been very calm, very quiet in most places. We've taken you across the country. We've spoken to reporters in Soweto, in Timbisa, uh, in Cape Town, in KZN, in Peter Maritzburg, in uh, the Eastern Cape as well. But let me know what's happening where you are. The Midday Report. We heard from the EFF's various uh, spokespeople and chairpersons in the various provinces. SAFTU is one of the organizations that has come out uh, in support of the EFF today. Trevor Shaku is the SAFTU spokesperson. Trevor, Trevor, good afternoon to you. Uh, what experience have your members had on the ground today, wherever they may be? Good afternoon and thanks for giving us. The experience which our comrades are having on the ground is that of a uh, a unified uh, uh, force of comrades, and in some instances, of course, especially where there are various gatherings, protests, especially in the cities, uh, comrades are chanting together uh, with the uh, other organizations, uh, not only EFF, but those who are on the ground. Here in Pretoria, for instance, where I'm, I'm, I'm located, uh, there are a number of other organizations which are available, but also I've seen through uh, the, 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 the news reports that um, the, in Cape Town also uh, our comrades are, are, are protesting uh, alongside one another with those of uh, EFF in particular uh, and across various other uh, cities, including Bloomfontein. So there is that uh, spirit of unity which is uh, prevailing on the ground at the current moment. Trevor, thank you very much. Uh, Trevor Shaku, SAFTU spokesperson, giving us uh, his perspective and SAFTU's perspective, the Trade Union Federation. Uh, earlier in the, uh, it was last week, uh, we, we played uh, the press conference from Zuelan Zima Vavi, uh, explaining why they are coming out in support uh, of the EFF uh, national shutdown today. And uh, that's the explanation there. Okay, so that's the picture across the country today. It's the, the reality of what is happening on the ground. Of course, there's a lot going on on social media as well. Lots of videos being posted please be mindful when you are sharing information on social media on whatsapp Uh, a lot of it is fake news i've seen lots of old videos being shared as well so just be very mindful of your social media hygiene today and any kind of alarmist conduct uh, that or messaging that is out there today we will make sure that we'll keep you up to date in our bulletins the midday report We're going to take you straight to Pretoria because the EFF Commander-in-Chief Julius Malema is currently addressing his supporters in Pretoria. The sound is courtesy of the SABC. African continent is Santan City. As we speak today, Santan City has been closed down. There is no single shop in Santan City that is open. Why? The mighty EFF does so without building a building, without doing anything illegal, doing everything to make sure that we stay on the message. What is the message? Load shedding. What is the message? Ramaphosa must go. What is the message? High unemployment. What is the message? GPV. What is the message? High levels of crime in South Africa. What is the message? The poverty levels have increased in South Africa. That message, they can't shift on it. 
the lot of the media has got nothing to report about except our peaceful march and the brutality of the police. The police are the ones who are brutal. The protesters are the most peaceful people. Comrades, we are going to do that until 12 a.m. We are still on. They are looking for me. Hey, where is Malema? Where is Malema? Malema is making things happen as you see them happening. It's Malema making them happen. So fighters, the police must know that they must never act outside the constitution. They have a duty to protect private citizens. They've got a duty to protect property. We are private citizens, we are a property. And therefore the police have a duty to protect us. More than anyone, they've got a duty to make sure that no one disturbs this protest. It can't be the police themselves uh, disturbing the protest. That is acting outside the constitution. Julius Malema, the EFF's commander-in-chief, speaking there. Okay, let me fact-check a couple of things because, you know, journalists aren't just stenographers. We actually have to check things. Uh, he did mention the fact that Santon is shut down today. I'm obviously broadcasting from Santon. It is very quiet in Santon today, but there are businesses that are open. I went to the shops this morning in Santon, so there are businesses that are open today. In fact, I've just seen a private security company sharing a video of some EFF members being arrested at the Grayson Shopping Center uh, because they were intimidating business owners I personally have not checked the veracity of that video and then on this issue of load shedding we know that ESCOM has now suspended load shedding for the rest of the day because of a lower than expected demand today and what Julius Malema is saying that that's because the country is shut down Uh, ESCOM is saying there's lower demand today so be that as it may that's what Julius Malema is saying he is saying also that he's out there today there's lots of commentary about where's Julius Malema why is he sitting at home in secure comfort uh, when his fighters are out on the streets? He's busy addressing protesters or, or EFF members at the moment in Pretoria. The Midday Report. Now, there is a, a story that, in my opinion, should actually be leading news bulletins today. It should be what we are discussing instead of the so-called national shutdown because it is... A shocking story. It is devastating. And if you were following the news on the weekend, you would have heard about the very brazen murder of curator Cluter Murray and his son Thomas. They were driving on the N1 highway near New Road when a vehicle pulled up next to them, sprayed the car with bullets and the Toyota Prado that they were traveling in. If you go and have a look on News 24, you'll see those visuals uh, of that assassination. We know that Thomas died on the scene. Cluter died in hospital uh, the following following day so that was yesterday if there was a high profile liquidation in south africa Cluter Murray dealt with it and he dealt with it in the way that he would go after the criminals. He would go after the assets. He was one of the most prominent corruption fighters in this country. And the real concern when you see such a brazen shooting, this wasn't late at night, uh, somewhere clandestine. This was in the broad light of day on the busiest highway in the country. And yet we haven't heard Police Minister Becky Tele say anything about this and we haven't really seen the kind of response because of the 
national shutdown that we perhaps should be seeing to this. It will have a chilling effect on other law enforcement, uh, other corruption busters, the same way that Babita Diokaran's murder has had a chilling effect on whistleblowers coming forward. So Carl Cowan, News 24 investigative journalist, has been reporting on this. Carl, good afternoon to you. Uh, you, like me, like many other journalists in this country, obviously would have dealt extensively with Clutter Murray. He, he was the guy who dealt with the curatorship, the liquidation of pretty much every high profile case in this country from, uh, Lolly Jackson to VBS to Rodder Van Kreutcher to Bosasa to Trillian and the Guptas. Who was Clutter Murray? Clutter Murray was a, a tall, uh, quite a funny guy. Uh, who had a very dry sense of humor, uh, just to personalize him a little bit, who, who was a, a, an insolvency practitioner for more than 20 years. And as you say, you know, really one of the country's leading sort of curators, liquidators, and a, a really a no-nonsense kind of guy. He never got riled up. He never fought with anyone. He just did his job, and he did it, you know, to, to the effect that he was so efficient that, that, that people knew that when Clutter Murray and, and his company Sichaba Trust were appointed to liquidate anything, everyone just knew, oh boy, here comes trouble, because he just went after these guys, didn't give two two ticks about whoever this person was, whether they were supposed to be dangerous or not, but he always kept it courteous, he always did it by the letter of the law, and, you know, it, it was it's one of those, he's one of those guys who, who sort of will live in, in legend, you know, for the way that he went about his business. And it is this exact attitude and this exact approach to his work that I believe has resulted in his murder. Carl, what do we know about why Clutter Murray and Thomas Murray may have been killed? We know very little at this stage. We can we can only speculate and assume. Um, we we definitely, I think, are on safe ground if we assume and speculate that his murder and Thomas's murder were linked to the work that they were busy doing. Um, they they were involved in, you know, obviously very high-profile cases, including senior politicians and alleged underworld figures and figures in the tobacco industry, where assassinations are, are quite regular. And one of the things that, that I have been able to pick up in the last couple of days is that they were in the Melrose Arch area in, uh, in, in Johannesburg uh, just before the shooting occurred, and my understanding is, is that they may have been looking for assets for a company called I2 Infinite Innovations that was placed under provisional liquidation just on Wednesday last week. Um, the the owner of this company uh, owns several high-profile, uh, high-end uh, luxury vehicles, and my belief is that they were visiting a, a luxury car dealership here in Melrose Arch to, to potentially see what they could see. Uh, and Carl, what about the response to the assassination of Clutter and, and Thomas Murray? Have, have we seen anything near the kind of response we should be seeing uh, with this kind of contract mm-hmm. killing? No, I, and, and you know, honestly, I don't think we can impress enough upon uh, your listeners and the public out there how important a figure Clitor Murray and his son Thomas were. They they were absolutely central to major, major cases. I'm you know, I'm just just thinking about off the top of my head. There's the Trillium case, you know, the Gupta and Trillium case, where SARS is trying to recover 380 million rand, and ESCOM believes it's owed 595 million rand. That case rested heavily upon Clitor Murray's ability to investigate the finances of Trillion and try and find out where all that money went, you know, whether it be overseas or into assets locally. There are ESCOM cases, you know, where, where banks are owed about 600 million rand that, that, that Clitor and Thomas were trying to recover. The, the, the knock-on effect of this, you know, is, is massive. And I am 
I am slightly relieved that, you know, senior managers at the National Prosecuting Authority see it that way, and they have decided to, you know, institute a prosecutor-led investigation from the outset. A senior prosecutor, experienced prosecutor, has been assigned, um, and for obvious reasons, this person is not being identified at this stage because of, you know, the inherent dangers that apparently come with Twitter's work. Carl, thank you very much. Carl Cowan, News 24 investigative journalist, speaking to us there about uh, what very much uh, appears to be a hit. I don't think there's any doubt about it on the curator, the liquidator, uh, Cluta Murray and his son Thomas. And, and the concern really is the chilling effect that this will have. It has left many journalists feeling cold, many legal practitioners feeling cold, because this just shows that it is far easier to resolve conflict in this country with a bullet than it is with the rule of law. And the, the chilling effect that, that could have on other corruption busters, um, other people that are trying to carry out uh, court decisions is, is terrifying. And we should be seeing the response to this that it deserves. The Midday Report. Hello, Mandy. I feel like Madame has really, really won here. I mean, he has dominated the narrative in the last 24 hours. He has, I mean, every reporter wants to get a sunbite from him. Um, he's been the, the, the been the headline. The the the, the coverage he's getting is insane. The, the political capital he's getting from this is incomparable. Of course, this is leading up to next year's election. So, irrespective of the numbers that show that shows up for 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 this march, he has definitely won here. And um, the government, he has a government running health as skelter. I mean, I think I think that's I think that's what this is about here. Prince Pitford view. Good afternoon, Mendy. Mendy, I'm not an EFF supporter, but I give this one to Malema. The pressure he has put on the ANC or the government, ah, it's working. Everything is closed, the MGMS pin. People are stuck here, and they are marching peacefully, so I give this one to him. And now we see police everywhere. Everywhere on the street, I can see police. It's for the first time I see this. So I think Malema has won this one. It's personal. I tend to agree with both of you. I think that Julius Malema is excellent at directing the narrative in this country and by being able to to suck up the oxygen of the news cycle and the media as much to blame for that, uh, for for the way that we cover this. And I do think, um, and I've written about this on EWN today, that it is more the fear of potential violence and the the potential anarchy and chaos than actual violence or chaos or anarchy that has led to uh, the the shutdown today or that the fact that, that people aren't at work, schools have been closed, businesses have shut down in some parts is because of the fear of what may happen. And I do think that we are a state that is ruled by fear and that the EFF is playing on this because it's what may happen. And the police response to this as well, look, they would have been criticized had we uh, seen them not responding at all today because of the PTSD that we all experienced because of July 2021 and what happened in this country. But thank you for those WhatsApp voice notes. The Midday Report. Let's go to Peter Maritzburg now because the case of the private prosecution of News 24 journalist Karen Morn and the prosecutor Billy Downer by former President Jacob Zuma, that matter is in court today. Um, and there are various amici curia or friends of the court in this matter as well. So interesting to see senior advocate Dalian Porful, SC, 
in court today. Uh, he is representing former President Jacob Zuma. When the EFF are all out in the streets and people aren't earning a living today, uh, Dalian Porfu is in court doing his job today and no doubt getting senior counsel fees as well. Anyway, um, at the moment, Kate Hoffmeyer SC is busy addressing the court on behalf of the Helen Sussman Foundation, which is one of the friends of the court in this matter. Let's listen in and the sound is courtesy of ENCA. Filed in February of this year. What that affidavit tells the court is that Mr. Downer has been provided by Mr. Zuma with a copy of the private prosecution docket. Mr. Zuma's private prosecution docket. He was given it on the 14th of February this year. Mr. Downer tells us the docket contains the statements on which Mr. Zuma says he will rely in the prosecution of Mr. Downer. But when you open that docket, as Mr. Downer did, he saw that the docket contains no more than the statements that were already in the police docket when they originally looked at this matter. And this is the point of significance. You're told by Mr. Downer it contains no statements by any of Mr. Zuma's proposed witnesses from the witness list. And in the absence of witness statements, Mr. Downer makes the tight point that Mr. Zuma can't possibly and permissibly call the witnesses. That's advocate Kate Hoffmeyer, who's arguing for the Helen Sussman Foundation in this matter of the private prosecutor, private prosecution of Billy Downer and Karen Morn. Uh, Billy Downer's application has been set aside Jacob Zuma's private prosecution. That's being heard in the Peter Maritzburg High Court. The Midday Report. Now, while the EFF is busy protesting about load shedding and about uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa, a full bench of the Pretoria High Court is hearing a bid to declare load shedding unconstitutional. Several political parties and unions looking to hold the government to account, the UDM, the IFP, Build One South Africa, also uh, the National Union of Metal Workers and SAFTU as well. Nokokanya Mtambo, EWN reporter in court for us. Nokokanya, good afternoon to you. What is the, the premise of this application today. Good afternoon, Mandy. So what uh, Advocate Tembegangai Torbi is essentially arguing on behalf of the applicants uh, this morning and this afternoon is that the government overall has failed to provide constitutional, uh, you know, to deliver on the constitutional mandate, its basic uh, premise of uh, providing for food security, uh, health care, the access to health care, as well as education uh, and safety for residents purely because of the impact that load shedding has on these particular sectors. So when there is load shedding, police stations will have to close earlier. There's uh, a lack of access in certain health facilities because of that. Um, laboratories aren't able to run optimally and so on. And so there's, uh, there's the impact on those services. And so uh, because of that impact to those services, the, the, the applicants here, about 19 of them in total, are saying that because of government's failure to respond adequately to load shedding, they are then in breach of the Constitution. Uh, Advocate Mugai Torbi referring at length to a white paper that was released in 1999 that... Um, flags the energy crisis, the looming energy crisis back in the 90s um, and saying that the government has failed to adequately respond to that white paper that flagged the issue back then and many, many years later, at least two decades later, we're now faced mm. with the, 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 
the crisis that was being flagged there and therefore there was a dereliction of duty on the part of government to ensure that it's able to provide the basics of the constitution uh, for, right. for residents across the country. Nokukanya, thank you very much. Nokukanya Mtambo, EWN reporter, the Pretoria High Court today hearing that application from various political parties and unions looking to hold the government accountable. Of course, that matter is being heard virtually. The Midday Report. That's a wrap of the day's news. Don't forget you can catch the full Midday Report live on 702 and Cape Talk via our streams on YouTube and our website 702.co.za and capetalk.co.za. Keep checking in for updates from my colleagues at Eyewitness News. Till the next time, I'm Mandy Wiener. The Midday Report.